Hey, welcome to Susquehanna Valley Church Podcast. My name is Matt Saxinger. I get to serve here as head pastor, and we've got uh, we've got Eric Hone back with us. We've been talking about fear, talking about your life experience with being a counselor and um, working with the Salvation Army and interacting with a lot of fear-based things where a lot of people struggles at the end, as you were talking about, kind of come down to coping with fears, right? Absolutely, yeah. What are things that you see people turn to in order to help solve the fears that aren't positive? We run to just anything that'll make us feel better. And of course, I work with a lot of people who run to alcohol, to drugs. Sure. Um, but if I'll be honest myself, I, I mean, if I'm faced with difficult things that are out of my control, I try to exert some level of control somewhere. And so I'll, I'll, I'll run to, you know, trying to take charge of things at home or I'll run to, um, or if I want to escape, Netflix is great, you know. Yeah, <laughs> so there's yeah. there's things that we run to to escape or to try to take more control. And I think what I've seen in my experiences with with I don't I don't I wouldn't really call what I do counseling. Sometimes I use that phrase, but I'd say more biblical advice, biblical practical advice. I've noticed that people develop these patterns that it's it's like a path in the woods. You keep walking the same trail. Instead of really allowing God to shape you through what's going on and grow you through what's going on, you have that same escape route. If it's the video you watch or the food you eat or the person you yell at, that's covering up the fact that you're afraid and you're not dealing with it in a healthy, helpful way. Yeah, and those things become so rote for us. They become those paths. I love the analogy used of the path in the wood because the more you walk it, the more clearly it becomes defined and you just sure. if you're walking in the woods you normally automatically go to a path it's the easiest way yeah and so you know those things become so ingrained in us that unless we consciously take it out and look at it and say hey I'm doing this and it's not really helping me yeah then we just continue to do it we blindly do it sure sure absolutely all right so um, let, let's uh we started the conversation last week. We started going to, to some scripture. Before we get there, I'm curious, is there any story for you that is like that of a time that brought up fear in your life that you wouldn't mind sharing with us? I'm kind of putting you on the spot here. Yeah, uh, I'll tell you, I think I shared this once um, in a sermon that I preached here, but my my wife, Sandy, uh, had very difficult pregnancies. She had hyperemesis, and... Um, throughout the entire nine months, very, very sick. And the second pregnancy was worse than the first. Wow. And I remember going through that time and, uh, you know, she couldn't work. We were financially having some hardships and uh, she was sick. We had a five-year-old child. Um, and the suggestion by one of her doctors had been made about looking into family medical leave. And my immediate thought was, I can't stop working. Yeah, I have to go to work. I have to provide for my family. I have to I have yeah. to, t and, and not only was there the conscious thought, I need to keep working, but there was the lesser conscious, subconscious thought of, um, I want to, if I can maintain some normalcy, if I can control to have some normalcy in my life, then maybe it's not as bad as it is. Hmm. And so, yeah, that was absolutely fear-based. Right, right. I, I, I Yeah, and I, I see that connection where we tend to, whenever... We're afraid. We tend to heighten our awareness of our limitations. Yeah. You're like, here's the, the, here's the horizon. This is where it ends. I'm about to be off the edge of the cliff here. 
um, and we become very defined as to that edge of the cliff is really there at any given day. You right. know, I could get fired or I could have a medical issue. It's just that we see it. Yeah. And we start to get afraid and we get we get nervous and we back up. Yeah. Um, I remember a story. Uh, mine's not as serious as yours. Mine, mine's kind of silly. Um, when I was a kid and I was over at a friend's house, so this was before I could drive, but I was just old enough to be given responsibility to like go ride my bike out and come home a little bit later. And uh, so I lived on one side of the development and uh, he lived on another development, you know, over here. And, and there was about like a mile of old overgrown apple orchard between us um and so it was no big deal to ride that in the daytime but then this was like a fall foggy night i left his house a little bit later and i couldn't take the long way around or i'd get in trouble so i had to go through the middle of the apple orchard where like every tree looked like it was somebody about to grab me and, and like throw me off my bike and i was terrified because i was vulnerable because i felt i thought about what could happen and just the context and the setting you know yeah, they, yeah. So I, if you could have seen me ride that bike, I think I set some Olympic records <laughs> going through that apple orchard. I, I was cruising. And vulnerability is difficult for us. Hmm. I mean, you use the word vulnerable, and, and what what brings us more fear than being completely vulnerable, not True. in control? True, you're exactly right. So let's let's bring some let's bring some soundness, some some wisdom to. You know, us, when we're riding a bike through an apple orchard or we've got, you know, the possibility of a job falling apart, let, let's bring some truth to that. You'd mentioned a scripture that I think we both see a lot of power in, Second Timothy 1.7. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, so here it is. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Yeah. Why, why that one for you? Well, and if you read it, the, the next verse talks about fear. If we're afraid, it's for fear of judgment. Mm. And that shows that God's love has not been perfected in us. Sure. And the reality that if, if we're afraid, we're afraid of the world, how the world is going to judge us, how the world is going to treat us, rather than having our eyes set upon God and what his vision is for us. Mm. And I think that goes, uh, I have here Isaiah 41.10, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will hold on to you with my righteous right hand. Yeah. I think of a time when, um, when I was a kid, uh, climbing a mountain, hiking a mountain with my family, and we got to the top, and, and the overlook, as I look back on it now, it was like this precipice that just was going to fall over, and yeah. I was right on the edge, and I was terrified. I've actually hiked that mountain. I don't mountain. like heights, so I'm really, you're making me nervous right <laughs> I've now. I've actually hiked that mountain as an adult now and stood on that spot and realized, whoa, I was not in any danger whatsoever. But as a little <laughs> child, my life was in my hands. But when my father was there next to me holding my hand, yeah, it was okay. That's definitely the central tenet to the scripture's conversation about fear is you're not alone yeah and there's a lot of power in that because we think we're alone we think we think we're the only one who might might lose a job or we think that we're the only one that's going to end up alone in life or and and god's saying again and again and again i'm with you mm -hmm. and i i think we got to take that to heart and remind ourselves of that yeah um one of the things that i love about second timothy 1 7 is this idea that that fear is replaced with power. What's that difference for you, like you know, in your in your life experience or in people that you've helped to, to move out of fear? Well, fear comes out of a sense of powerlessness. 
if I'm if I sense that I don't have control, that I don't have any influence over a situation, I'm much more likely to be afraid. But realizing that, you know, Jesus said that the, the power that rose Lazarus from the grave, yeah, that's in you. You, wow. the Holy Spirit is in you. You have that power. Jesus said to his disciples, "You're going to do greater things than I did." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Realizing that we have we have access to unlimited power of the God of our universe through the Holy Spirit. Sure. Yeah. That, that's incredible. And, and and again, it's not seeing the limitations, it's seeing the potential or the possibilities. And even in the limitations, recognizing that the limitations are just a reality of this world in which we live. I and this 100%. world in which we live is just a stopover it's, for us. It's And this world is innate with limitations. Absolutely. Like, I, I always laughed when people were like, and this was big, like from when I graduated high school up to like 10 years ago, um, even even five years ago, like, so it had this like big 15 year span where, where people are going, you can do whatever you want. You can, you can fulfill your dreams. You just got to set your heart to it. I'm like, that's not true. No. I want to go jump off a building and fly. It's not going to work. I haven't tried it. <laughs> I will confess, I have not actually tried this. I'm pretty confident that's not going to work. If you do decide to try it, let me know. I want to film that. <laughs> that sounds like a good idea. At least you can make some money after right. <laughs> after my disaster. Yeah, but, but limitations are innate to this earth. You can either see them all the time, see them through the lens of faith, or, or, or you can say they're there, and I'm just going to live the best that I can. We got we got a um, just a short Bible study coming out um, that's going to talk about this this idea. Of we're not supposed to live like we're dying, right? Yeah, this is a reality where we should enjoy life here. There's a, a sign I have in my office, a, a couple of signs. Quote: I have quotes all over my office about fear because it's such a big topic, and and you know the reality is fear will never give up. It will never relinquish its control, and fear gains its strength from our retreat. When we run away, our fears become bigger and bigger, as opposed to confronting those things in our lives and facing them. Having the tough conversation we're afraid of. Yeah. Dealing with the difficult medical news that we're fearing. Yeah. Yeah. The more we retreat, the more fear has a hold on. Absolutely. Yeah, that's actually uh, um, pertinent to the verse that was one that stood out to me, John 12, 42. On the surface, it doesn't seem like this is a big deal. I'm talking about fear, uh, but but uh, hang on with me here. So John twelve forty two, many people did believe in Jesus. However, including some of the Jewish leaders, but they wouldn't admit it for fear that the Pharisees would expel them from the synagogue. Where fear fear keeps us from from identifying with something, or fear keeps us from an admission of truth. Fear keeps us from thinking about things or, or letting things be true in our life. Fear itself is a prohibitor. Yeah. It, it, so not only is it about the limitations, but it places its own limitations on us. How are the ways that you think that people limit limit themselves in life because of this? Well, I, I, I think a lot of people, including myself at times, have not always lived up to our full potential. Um, or we haven't taken advantage of opportunities that were available to us. Sure. Um, you know, fear on the one hand, is a protector. 
and it protects us from harm. Yeah, and nobody's saying that you shouldn't walk in the woods with a jar of honey and not not exactly. Let, you, you know, know there's, there's fear bears. Rational fear, which yes. is you know not swimming in shark infested waters. That's a rational That's, fear. Like, if you do that, there's there's something. Yeah, That's yeah. Another podcast. I'd love to have you on. It would make an interesting podcast to find out why, but there's something off there. (laughs) (laughs) But then there's the irrational fears. And the irrational fears is I don't ask, you know, I I don't ask for that promotion that I feel I deserve because I'm afraid of judgment or I'm afraid of, or I don't ask, you know, we all experience this as, as adolescents. I don't ask that girl out on a date because I'm afraid of rejection or, you know. It's funny you say that because I remember like having the insight back in the day that, that guy, that girl's dating that guy. She could do so much better. It's just that guy was the only one who had the confidence to ask her out. Yeah. And she was thinking, nobody likes me. Nobody's asking me out. And really, every other guy was just too afraid to do it, except for that one guy who yeah. ended up with a girl. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, on the one hand, fear keeps us safe. But on the other hand, it restricts us from opportunities sure. in our lives. Sure. And, and you know, it might not be the, the person we want to ask out. It might be the thing God wants us to do. Absolutely. Might be the person God wants us to forgive, and we're afraid of what that release would do. Um, it, it might be, you know, the opportunity to serve somebody, and are they going to like this? Are they going to think I'm stupid? Or it might, it, who knows? It might be putting something on Facebook that's about Jesus that isn't deliberately out there just to try and make people angry, but it's just helping them think. Maybe it's sharing, you know, sharing a sermon or sharing a, a podcast on social media. I don't know. But fear often limits us from doing good things that God wants us to do. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, I like us to see what life on the other side of fear looks like. Yeah. And, and the only way to do that is, is to begin to confront our fears. So why, why do you think we say face our fears? Why is that a popular thing people say? To face our fears because generally we've turned our backs on them. Hmm. In order to face something, you have to turn around and look at it. Sure. Sure. But I think, you know, when we talk about facing fears, and it's easy to talk about that and, and make it sound like, well, just go out and face your fears. But we all do it. We all have our fears. And, and what helps us to do that? Not only confidence in the reality of who God is in our lives, but also the support of a community around us. It's so hugely important. And we can't face our fears on our own. But when we have a supportive community around us, yeah. Then we can accomplish a lot. And again, Susquehanna Valley Church, we want to be a place where it's okay for you to be afraid, imperfect, yeah. and flawed. Uh, we're all working at this together. God's working at each one of us. And uh, and so don't be afraid. Even if it's don't be afraid to listen to another podcast or don't be afraid to show up and, and meet people at, at church. or you know, just, just don't be afraid. If God's doing something good, there's a reason. And if it's going to be if it's going to be you facing your fears to overcome it, I really want to challenge you to think about what's on the other side of that fear. Because I don't think God's keeping you from seeing something good. I, I think that's Satan. That's the way he works. Yeah. Any other scriptures that you think? Um, I, let's get you know, one more. And-, I, I, and Pardon that I'm not going to share a scripture, but I do want to share the serenity prayer. Okay. So, and so, this, so clue, let's pretend I'm clueless. I don't know anything. What, what in the world is the serenity prayer? So the serenity prayer is a prayer written by Reinhold Niebauer a long time ago. And it's Why been... do all the cool guys have weird names? Well, Niebauer? Well, it's a German name, it and there's a lot of great Jack German Bauer theologians. 24 and... with a knee. I don't know. It yeah. just sounds like a... Go ahead. But the serenity prayer has been co-opted by self-help support groups, like 12-step groups, and they've taken a part of it as, as, as a prayer 
yeah. that they've used has been very helpful to many people. Sure. But they leave out the full prayer, and, and, and they do that because they're not a religious program. But I want to read to you the full serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as the pathway to peace, taking as he did, meaning Jesus, this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that he will make all things right if I surrender to his will, that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with him forever in the next. Amen. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. The one the one phrase that jumped out to me there, and, and we'll kind of wrap up on this thought, is that as I surrender to his will, his will does not have any limitations. Absolutely. His will d- does not lack in power. You know, his will is not a will of fear. And so when, when it's about us, there's always the possibility of my will not getting to be done the way that I want it to be done. That's where all fear comes in. Yep. When I can't have things the way that I want them to be, that's where fear shows up. And when I can, when I can trust that his will is way better than mine, then I can, the I can have peace. Yep. That's the peace we want you to have. Again, we want you to think about it. We want you to talk about it. Open up. Share with somebody else. I, you know, if you're if you're watching us on YouTube or on Facebook, put some comments there about things that you're afraid of, even if you think it's irrational, and just let other people speak some truth and some love into your life. Um, but but we're gonna help you think about stuff. You got to think about, talk about stuff you need to talk about. We love you, and uh, we'll be praying for God to work in you in this area because I think it's powerful. So thanks for checking us out.